0: That brings us to accusation number three. Zophar. Again, I have no idea if I'm saying these names right. Zophar. Zophar. Right, so yeah, it's alright. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> so far. Zophar. Uh, he brings this accusation to, to Job. He says, you're having all this trouble because you must have an unrepented sin. So Zophar accused Job of a secret, unrepentant sin that Job refused to give up. And he said in in, uh, chapter 11, Put away the sin that is in your hand. Allow no evil to dwell in your tents, Zophar says. But here's Job's reply. He says, You smear me with lies. You are worthless physicians. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not inferior to you, he says. I desire to speak to the Almighty and argue my case with God. Mortals are of few days and few, full of trouble. They spring up like flowers and wither away like fleeing shadows. They do not endure. So this accusation that you must have unrepentant sin, what's our response to that? That, that choosing faith in the midst of suffering will bring you Closer to God, actually. Job didn't have any unrepentant sin. He was not turning his back on God in some way and refusing to give up his sin. So rather than allowing an unrepentant sin to separate from God, in the midst of Job's suffering, he ran towards God. And his suffering was drawing him nearer to God. You know, for the longest time in my life, I had this personality trait that would blame myself for anything that went wrong in life so if uh if i had a conflict with someone else i would assume well i must have done something wrong if something went wrong in my life i would assume that i would automatically put it back on myself that i must have done something wrong or if something bad happened to me though i wouldn't say this out loud inside my head inside my my myself I would listen to that voice that accused me that I must have some sin in my life or God must be punishing me for something that I've done in the past. It's amazing to me how easily I had allowed Satan and the lies of Satan to influence my thinking. It took a lot of learning and growing, some counseling for me to work out and for me to come to understand and fully accept God's grace in my own life. I mean, I, I had always allowed for God's grace in other people's lives. And I would always err on the side of giving people more grace. But yet, I oftentimes wouldn't forgive myself. And wouldn't give that same grace to me. Somehow I had come to accept the lie the same lie that Zophar gave to Job. I would somehow revert to accepting the accusations from Satan against myself. It took me many years to come to this realization that actually I too am forgiven. That I can live within that grace and that forgiveness. That God's love also covers me and my sins. That I don't have to live in the past of what I've done. One of the problems I find that I've had in my life, I was talking to my young adult sons about this as well, that I have this filing system in the hard drive of my brain and I just file away all the past sins and all the dumb stuff I've said or done to people and that just kind of goes into a file. Now if you ask me all the really great things I've done, I can't recall those always, but I've got this other file going on in my head I knew about God's grace intellectually. Like I kind of, I knew about forgiveness and grace, but I had a hard time allowing myself to live within that. And so for many years I've allowed Satan to reach into that file system and to pull out one of those dumb things that I'd done in the past. And make me relive that. Make me make me think those those feelings again of how bad I am for having done that. But I've learned that that the evil one is constantly attempting to to remind me of the sins of my past and to take me away from drawing near to God. And I think that's one of Satan's greatest ploys is to keep us bound by our past sins so that we struggle to move forward with God. And in that way, he can keep that negative thinking going on in your minds. I had a friend, I have a friend down at uh, Shore Community Church And uh, his name is Gary Marshall. And he wrote wrote a book and he gave it to me to read. And I, I came across this passage where he said, By allowing our emotions to rise up and have free reign, we bring ourselves under the power of these memories, believing that we are still that same person. And that's the lie that Satan keeps trying to get you to go back to. But as followers of Christ, Scripture tells us that That Jesus has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought to us redemption and forgiveness of sins. That we are no longer that person that was was living that life. That God has renewed us and restored us when we come into the relationship with Jesus Christ. That Jesus transforms and renews our minds. And we can rest in the assurance that, that God's love, that God loves us, that God loves me, and that God's grace covers over my sins you know I can recall the exact moment when when that still small voice of the Holy Spirit spoke to me and I was sitting on the front row getting ready to speak much like I was this morning getting ready to, to speak in my home church and uh, all these all these thoughts just came flooding into my mind and and uh, all the thoughts about my old self and Satan just brought up these reminders of, of the bad things I had done and the, and the sins I committed. And, and just I wasn't worthy to stand up on stage. And, and I just had all this flooding into my mind as I sat there trying to prepare to speak. And then this still small, quiet voice inside of me just spoke these words, you're, you're forgiven. And it was so overwhelming to me to, to hear that it just you know it's that voice that really stood out in the midst of all those other thoughts you're forgiven and the tears came to my eyes as i stood up on stage to start to speak and i was overwhelmed with this sense of the sense of peace that actually i'm forgiven and i can stand here and speak not because i'm perfect but i'm forgiven and in that moment the Lord knew what I needed. I needed that reassurance that it's okay. It's like God was saying it's okay, right? I know you. You're mine. You're forgiven. Now when Satan brings those accusations against me, I can lean I can lean on those words, you're forgiven. And as the Lord said to the Apostle Paul, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And if you're struggling with telling yourself these lies and allowing Satan to tell you those lies, I want you to know that God's grace is sufficient for you too. That his power is made perfect in your weakness too. When you're feeling weak and powerless, that's when God really steps in. Run to God and draw near to him. When you are weak, he is strong. Though he didn't yet know it, Job was on his way to having one of the most intimate and powerful encounters with God. This road of suffering that Job was on would lead him to encounter God like possibly he never had before. So Job finally tells his friends in chapter 16, he says, you are miserable comforters, all of you. (laughs) You're terrible at this. And when you read the book of, of Job, as I was reading it a couple of times this past week or two, it just struck me like his friends just go on and on and on really long. responses (laughs) and he just says you are miserable comforters all of you will your long-winded speeches never end what ails you that you keep on arguing with me job had had enough of his supposed friends comforting he says how long will you torment me and crush me with your words and after that job's faith once again started to kick in and begins to emerge and Job's faithfulness says, As long as I have life within my lips will not my lips will not say anything wicked, and my tongue will not utter lies. Where can wisdom be found? Where does understanding dwell? No mortal comprehends it. It cannot be found in the land of the living. Where then does wisdom come from? Only God understands the way of it, and He alone knows where it dwells. The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to shun evil is understanding. You notice that kind of fear is the respectful fear. It's the, it's the fear of God in the reverent way of God. Not, not I'm afraid of God, but God, I respect you and I love you kind of fear. And understanding that in the Lord God, you can find your safe place. You can find your security in the, the stronghold in the midst of The suffering and pain of this life and then at the close of the book the Lord finally speaks and God speaks to Job he says Mm -hmm. the Lord first of all says to Job's friends I'm angry with you because you have not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has Job's faith was finally vindicated but the Lord also has a message for Job it's kind of like the Lord says, by the way, Job, about your arguing with me and about your anger with me. The Lord says, where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? And who laid its cornerstone? In other words, be careful in your criticisms of God. And don't forget who god really is remember remember that when you're praying and when you're speaking to god you're speaking to the creator of the universe the creator of all things known and unknown so what does job have to say about this job says i am unworthy how can i reply to you god in other words what what can i possibly say to that god And finally, we see that Job surrenders back over to God. He says, surely I spoke of things I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me to know. (coughs) Interesting to me that God never tells Job why. He doesn't tell Job why and answer all of his questions for why he was suffering the way he did. He didn't tell Job, oh, by the way, I was having this big disagreement with Satan up in heaven and And uh, that's why you were suffering. God never tells Job that. But also Job didn't need to know why in order to have faith in God. Job's friends had wrongly accused him. They had accused him of all this trouble coming upon him because of something that he had done. But no one escapes the suffering in this life. And that's one of the lessons we have to learn. And we also don't always get an exact answer to why. So if you're stuck on that question, why does suffering suffering happen to us in this world? Then you're never really going to be satisfied with the answers, I don't think. In Scripture, it does give us some answers. The big answers are that this world is broken, full of sinfulness, full of brokenness. And that's why suffering happens. But if your expectation in this life is that you're always going to be gaining more and more pleasure and less and less pain, then your expectations are wrong. It's not that we can't have pleasure. It's not that we can't enjoy this life. We should do all we can to enjoy the life God has given us and to enjoy His creation. But Jesus said, in this life you will have trouble. But he also said, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And that's what we keep in mind, isn't it? That's what we put our faith in, that Jesus has overcome this world. That Jesus has promised us so much more than the troubles of this world. Our challenge in this life is to remain faithful to God regardless of what comes our way and to find ourselves having faith in God, no matter the trouble that comes. And that's my prayer for each person here today, that that we will cling to God and cling to faith in the midst of whatever might come to us in this life. That God is a God of, of refreshment and renewal, A peace that surpasses all understanding in the midst of the troubles that we go through in this life. I wish I could tell you that life isn't hard at times. That life is terribly hard at times. But God has promised so much more. So I pray that you cling to that faith. I think that's the story of Job. That's the promise that we receive from the book of Job. You stand and pray with me. Father, I know today was uh, a tough message to hear. The book of Job is a tough book to understand and to to know why it is that um, these things happen. But Lord, I know that Satan is hard at work trying to take us away from you, trying to pull us back, trying to distract us, trying to blame blame our circumstances on you, God. But God, I pray that we will remain faithful to you, that we will keep these things in perspective, and that we will hold on to and cling to the promises you've given us of grace, your grace is sufficient for each one of us, the promises of peace in the midst of Whatever we might go through And ultimately Lord the promise Of an eternity with you With no more pain, no more sorrow No more sadness Lord help us To cling to you Lord will you also Come to comfort us in those times Of struggle To let us be near To you in the midst of it Help us To know you better each day as we as we go through this life. And Lord, I pray that you'll use us to speak to you and to comfort those around us who don't know you, who are also going through trouble. Help us to be your light in this world, to be your comfort in this world. Lord, we trust in you and we thank you for all that you've given to us. We thank you for the good things you've given us. We thank you for the promise that you will walk with us through all the rest.